Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 80 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Check that, 81. Um, And we are pleased to be joined by none other than the insider himself, Andrew Peters, former Sabre, former Amherk. Um, We've heard him on your your, your airwaves for the past few years now. Fan favorite, uh, known to shed his mitts quite often and early. but not only that, a great guy in the room, um, and uh, you know nothing but good things to, to to say about him from his former players. Uh, I'm Johnny Cohen, along from Dwayne Steinell. Dwayne, you got a video for us? I got a couple of videos. Just no, no other way I could thought could think after I saw this picture on Google Images than to introduce this guy. So hold up one second here, guys. God, bring him in. Bring him in. <laughs> That's brutal. That was about 40 pounds ago, boys. Hey, I, I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know this. I I know that picture and my hair has not been short like that since. I saw that picture and it looked like a LinkedIn picture, so I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got to do that. Uh, hey, look good, feel good, wheel good, play good. I mean, I like the yeah. scarf game there. The yeah. floor looked okay. Um, I, where was I, that from? That is uh, uh, one of the GM hirings in the last. In the last I'm not kidding you. Uh, like in um, that picture was taken at a press conference inside the main atrium, as they call it, an atrium yeah. at uh, KeyBank Center. When I, I think it was HSBC at the time, but it's KeyBank Center now. But I can't remember. I think that was the day that Tim Murray was hired and LaFontaine showed up 
with um, who's the uh, the coach? Oh, Ted Nolan. No, yeah, Ted Nolan. But he also showed up with the assistant coach of the U.S. Olympic team, nineteen eighty. Uh, Craig Patrick was Craig there. Patrick, yep. And that was when that was when uh, one of the media members asked Tim Murray. They said, um, "Tim, uh, what did you think about uh, you know obviously working with Craig Patrick?" And he goes, oh, "I didn't even know he was going to be here." <laughs> <laughs> so you're just I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa! There's some disconnect already here." But anyway, that was I think that was from. From that day, I I think, but that if not, makes that for a good just, story. Yeah, great to be awesome. on with you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be um, your your first, uh, I guess, guest for 2022. 2022. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. Obviously, big fans of your work and everything you do. PD, tell me if I'm wrong. Did you play a year in the FHL back, the Fatty Hockey League back in uh, when it was at Leisure? I played a game. In the fatty I, hockey I, league, I played against you that game, and um, I'm a goalie, but I was coming off of like my fifth knee surgery, so I played forward. And you, you threw out some amazing chirps because I don't think you knew I was a goalie. You're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Get him off the ice! Look at that fucking awful stride! No on. way, you're making this up. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you. And then, um, oh. uh, who's the guy that uh, Tuzzolino? So I got Tuzzolino back with a good one. I'm like, hey, Tuz, where's your green jacket? He looks at me, you know, that Tuz look like, what are you talking about? I said, you're a fucking career minus player, bud. Get out of here. <laughs> it, was fucking, it, was, it was a highlight. But, I um, don't uh, know if that was the same game. But yeah, yeah, you know what? Look, I can openly admit I am I excel at being a dick. <laughs> I do. I, I do. I, I mean, well, I, I don't know where – I mean, I don't know where it comes from, but I definitely – excel at being a dick at times but I, I have my moments where i can be a good guy but i mean <laughs> i don't know i remember uh you know i went to depew high school we did our like alumni uh an alumni game against the media all-stars you were there and ray and gare were supposed to be there you didn't showed up it was at the pew ice rink uh fireman's park and i was i was pumped i'm like yeah dude we're, we're gonna play against a few yeah, nhl players and then, dude like dude like uh, first two periods, like I iced him, man. I like, I, like you, you didn't put anything by me. And then, like, go uh, in in the locker rooms when they're doing the ice. You go, hey, man, you mind if I could put a couple by you? You're sending a jokey manner. I'm like, yeah, sure, man. And I made this insane like windmill glove save on you, and I was so stoked. Like that was that made my entire year. He comes, out, he, he comes out. He comes out in the third period and pumps four by me. <laughs> That sounds about right. I, 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 I did really well in those charity games. <laughs> and if I didn't have any by the second, by the end of the second, I was, I was gung ho for the whole third. There's no question about it. That was oh. you. You. So I only played a couple games for the media all star, media all stars. Was that was that against? Was that at um, Fireman's Park in Depew over there? And uh, it's like kind of way back. Past yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do remember that. Well, you know what? At least you know. At least you know how good I I was. <laughs> it I love it. It goes to show it doesn't translate to the NHL. Oh, dude! It, like there, there were a couple. There were a couple uh, of uh, rusty skates out there too uh, for us, man. We like, like we, had, we, we, we had a couple of Danny Drill killers. Yeah, dude. We had, we had a couple of guys out there that were probably like their seventies. Like just try. Like I thought. Like. When I looked around our locker, I'm like, God, man, like are these guys from the class of 1952. Like, Don't geez. think for a second, Dwayne, that I didn't, I didn't wait until they were on the ice to hop over the <laughs> boards and, and go out and grab the puck. If there were younger, faster guys out there, I'd let everybody else go. I'd wait for All the right. sec. I wait for the second tier wave. 
But uh, again, thanks for copping on with this, PD. Uh, just for anybody who doesn't know who this guy is, uh, they should if they live in Buffalo. Uh, here's a quick reminder for all of you. Uh, oh, another no. quick video tribute to the uh, insider, seven, 716 insider here. Oh, no. Love it. They need some excitement on that bench, and this line has to create that for this Capitals team. Locker, we watch uh, Mayer work down the flank. Look at that net drive. That close kick on the ice. Oh, this was a nice one. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk over these? Uh, I can hear you. you I got a great story about the first goal, but this was the nicest goal I scored. I mean, you didn't know that, did you? You hadn't seen that. You hadn't scouted that video enough. Yeah, I kicked that one over to my stick to whack it home. I love this because Marty has backed off and he just stands aloof. He's just like, all right. <laughs> Marty is now looking away. I like how you guys do that. That's pretty cool. Double clicks. That's all, Dwayne. That, that was incredible. Um, that's outstanding. Real the quick first, note, I know what? how tough Emery is because when I, I didn't let, like you, I didn't last four years in the O being a, on, on talent. I was, I was a dick. I was a prick. I was a potster, but I would hear stories and I'd see these news clippings of when he was in the Sioux of him squaring up with, with players and yeah. winning. Yes. And just, just, this guy just. And um, he's you know, fought. A, he well, he fought a lot of guys. I mean, I think one of the his, one of the best uh, fights Ray Emery had was against a guy by the name of Josh Gratton. Yeah, um, he he wasn't very big, but my God, could Gratton take a punch? And uh, I, I mean, if you go check that one out, it was when it was when uh, Emery was in um, Binghamton. I think he was in Binghamton. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's funny you showed that first NHL goal, um, Lindy had just been stressing um, third guy high, okay? Third guy high, okay? <laughs> and, I mean, I saw an opportunity. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go to the net. I mean, and I busted the back post, as as one of you guys said during the clip, and I just remember, you know, I the puck shows up on my stick, and I, I, I whack it in, and it just goes in on the inside post, barely goes in. 
and um, we celebrate whatever I get back to the bench. And, and Chris Taylor sits down beside me and he goes, you know, you're out of position. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I just like, you can't I didn't have it. I mean, I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a rookie. I just scored my first goal, but I just, I, you know, like way to suck the wind out of my sales tails, but uh, you got him an apple there too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if he had done wrist curls, that one wouldn't have gone off the toe of his stick and, and it would have gone in the net for himself, but you know what? It, it flings off the, the, the long blade that he had right under my stick. And I, I whacked it home, but, uh, yeah. And then that, that brawl against, uh, that brawl against Ottawa. I mean, there's only, there's only one regret that I have, and I just should have let Emery beat the shit out of Marty again. Yeah, he, he, he did. He, uh, Emery loved it though. Emery loved to do that shit, but whatever. I, I, I remember when Ray, uh, was traded to Ottawa and I remember Ray talking. Um, I think it might've been in Binghamton when he showed up, um, and, he goes, you know, who's the tough guy? Who's the enforcer? And he said the entire locker room pointed to Emery. <laughs> yeah, there he is right there. Yeah. It's just like, was that your first goalie fight? Yes. Yeah. No, I can tell you. I don't, I don't, I never targeted goalies. I, when I was, I, I think back to that, like every year when February 22nd comes around, all I think about are two things. One, Pat Coletta Day in the town of Evans. Yeah. And number two, that fight always seems to come up. And it also, uh, coincidentally enough, I think it was the same day that Terry Pagula bought the Sabres. And I think it's also the same day of the Miracle on Ice. So, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot happened that day. But um, I just, you know, thinking back to it, I think, I don't know if you, if you watch back far enough, you'll see that like I chased down Heatley and I wasn't, I wasn't going to jump Heatley, but I just kind of pulled on his shoulder and he turned around and he chopped at that. He chopped at my head with his stick and no one really paid any attention to it. He didn't, he didn't get me. So I end up doing an unbelievable backpedal, by the way, backpedal, yeah, backpedal. No, it, I, wanted, I wanted to show that. I wanted to show that black pedal where you were just, Oh dude, that was unbelievable. Not, not, not bad look for a those, guy, six, four, two twenty five. Move and, those hips. Yeah, move those hips. So I'm backpedaling back to get back into the scrum. And I think I, you know, without sounding too much like a goon, I, I kind of wish I'd, I'd just grabbed Heatley and throttled him and then yeah. gone and gotten Comrie. And then, because I lined up beside Comrie that night and he's like, oh, are you going to jump me now? I'm like, I'm like, you're five, six. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump you. It's you, Spezza and Heatley on the ice. And I think it was Volchenkov and Phillips maybe. Yeah, or the other guys on the on the ice and then Emery. And I didn't think anything was going to escalate. All I know is Merzi said, Merzi's the one that made the line change. Like, it's yep. not like Lindy's like, you guys go. Merzi's like, you know, Lindy's going nuts about the hit. And then there's a face-off ref's like, let's go, get a line out here. And Adam Mare goes, let's go, we're going. And we, we just kind of rolled over the boards. And I don't think Lindy really had a problem with that at the time. And, uh, he just, he looked back at me and Colette and he goes, there's no puck on the ice. I'm not playing the puck. I'm going right after Spezza. I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, all right. There, you know, Brian McGratton wasn't playing that night. He was a healthy scratch and Chris Neal was in the penalty box. So the free for all. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like in my head, I'm thinking, I even thought, I remember thinking to myself, whatever you do, be smart because they're going to be looking for someone to suspend. And, you know, I just, I didn't sucker punch anybody. I didn't jump anybody. I, I 
did. I tried to separate guys from the pile. I could have started beating on Spez's spine if I wanted to because I had him. I wasn't much of a lefty, but I could still could have got him. And I, you know what? And the rest is history. So I love it. I love that's, it. That was that night, and it, you know, here it makes you. It's a it makes you. It's like that's this kind of shit that makes you like a folk hero. And and you use the word saber icon in your in your Twitter <laughs> post. I'm just like, what is this asshole doing? <laughs> All he's doing is just setting me up for no, assholes wait, wait. on Twitter to comment. No, what? Because we're 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 gonna touch on this later. Life after hockey, and that's where I think you really become an icon. And you know, for for this fan base, in my in my opinion, <laughs> um, you know, I I like some of the stuff you've done after after hockey, not just obviously in with the instigators and after the whistle, but obviously with me personally. Like you're you're an icon for this fan base, and. I, per, I like I said I appreciate that you that you stuck around and you're still you're still in the area and you've really embraced uh this city and its fans and you're and you, like I said man you're uh you're you know you're an icon you're an icon to the fan base for sure in my opinion. Uh, I I appreciate that. I, you know what? It's it I I love it here. I love Buffalo. And you know I I ended up marrying a Buffalo girl and I'm I'm divorced now but I have a son here. So it it's it kind of acts as a a purpose or a reason to be here. But what a lot of people don't realize Dwayne is that even before I met my ex-wife, I had already decided that I wanted to stay in Buffalo. I loved it here. It was close to my hometown. Um, I didn't know how long I was going to be able to play here. I wanted to be a lifelong saber. I didn't want to leave, but by that point, my relationship with Lindy and Darcy had long, you know, overstayed its welcome. And, um, you know, I, I, I love the area. I live in Orchard Park now. Um, I just, I, I love Western New York. It's a great place to raise kids. And I, I couldn't imagine myself living anywhere else. My brother lives here. My brother never played hockey here. He played for the Amherst, but we lived together in the summers and we would train together and he met his wife. And now he has two kids here and he has a, a, a good profession here in town. So um, it, it's, it's one of those places where once you, once you move here, you never really want to leave. You know what I mean? Especially, so. I'm a big. Hey, Dwayne's a North Towns guy. He lives in in uh, Tonawanda. I'm an, I'm a Hamburg kid. Love the South Towns. Orchard Park's a great spot to raise a family. Yeah, I, I lived in Hamburg for six years. Yeah, great, yeah. great funny. Spot. Yeah, um, funny story. My dad, my dad lives in Chitawaga, which is obviously more south. And I remember when, um, not when it was November when we got all that snow in November. Um, actually, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't the October storm. It was the a few years later. And my dad calls me. I'm I'm here, and and he's like, "How much snow you got? I got I got fucking five feet in my front lawn." I'm like, I look outside, like I can see the grass. Yeah. So that was the November. That was the November yeah. snowstorm, right? Yep, and yep. and and in in the South Towns in Hamburg, we got like seven feet at my house. Yeah. And the amazing thing about that is that four or five days after. It was like 60 degrees. Yep. Everything melted and my basement was full of water. Buddy, I live I live by a creek and the 18 mile creek runs through our backyard pretty much. Yeah, okay. And once it melted, it had never gotten like there's a hill and then there's the creek, right? It had never gotten even close. It was halfway up this 40 foot hill. You know what I mean? I, I remember yeah. that. But I also do remember taking a picture me with my starnia coat on shoveling snow and the snow was i'm five ten on a good day it was at least a foot over my head fucking wild time. yeah yeah it was 
I mean, we had uh, sliding doors off of our deck, and I mean, it was it was up probably you can only see about six eight inches from the top of the door to where the snow stopped. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I mean, what is it? A seven eight foot door? I mean, it, like that's that's how high the snow was. It was that was when people were actually sliding open their doors and making refrigerators in there in the in the snow, if you recall. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I no, I absolutely love it here. It's it's a great place to live. Nothing will ever beat the October storm, man. I remember when you guys played Detroit in Detroit. That's right. And uh, I was listening to you guys on a little uh, little little AM radio by candlelight just because there was literally – I mean, I would be watching the game, honestly, but, like, there was literally nothing to do. My dad, I think at the time, was uh, taking what was left of the food out of the fridge, uh, put it in garbage bags and stuff in the snow outside. Like it, like people were driving up and down the streets by snowmobile, like trying to help any any elderly people. It was wild on our yeah. street, man. Like, yeah, that was a crazy was, time. That yeah. that was a, that was one of the crazier, uh, ex, you know, experiences I've had here when it comes to weather. I'd say the ice storm here in October was was stranger than the uh, blizzard that we had in in November. Uh, the amount of snow is one thing, but the amount of, like the ice and the damage that it did was was insane back in that October storm. But you're right. I can't remember I can't, a great recall on you that we yeah. that you remember we played in Detroit. Oh, I couldn't forget that. Uh, I think it was a shootout win either 2-1 or 3-2. Um I like I said like I remember when it was all like before it like really really became a shit show. My dad has this giant bay window on his front lawn, and we were just sitting there looking out the front bay window, and you could just hear branches creaking. And you hear a branch creak, you see it collapse and fall to the ground. You hear a branch creak. My dad has, like, probably before the storm, because he cut down a few trees after the fact, we had, like, probably 10 trees in our front lawn, man. And, like, it was a disaster zone, uh, you know, when we, when we were finally able to, like, get back to life, dragging all of those branches to the front taking saw like yeah. you know saws yeah. and you know sawing them all off my dad made a killing off selling firewood i'll tell you that much he still yeah this day. oh my god he made he, that 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 summer he probably made like five six hundred dollars off selling all that firewood easy. i was living in a condo building at the time so i didn't have the headache of dealing with a yard but all our power was out we had to i had oh, to check in god. i had to check into a hotel that was after we went to the bar though oh, we got back god. and we still went to the bar I know, I know, I know. Ribs hates uh, talking about those oh five, oh six, oh six, oh seventies, man. Yeah, but I definitely no, we're not allowed. You're not allowed. I, is it because he just wasn't there for it? Is that is that what annoys him? Like, no, he, it's he, because it's because we used to kick the shit out of Montreal Canadiens when oh, uh, when uh, he was on those teams. So we were we were so good. I'm, I got a, a great Ribs story. So we uh, we used to get TSN probably had illegal illegal cable. Uh, in the locker room and he was always interviewed okay yeah and so we're sitting around in the back room after practice getting ready to go to montreal okay and uh he's he's doing this interview and they just beat a team the night before and it was an emotional win and and he's like yeah emotions good emotions good we're playing really well i think we're playing well enough that we could uh we could beat the sabers here on saturday night or whatever night it was we were rolling in there well our our stars heard that you know your danny your drew yeah. your milsey and they're just like no Fuck way so i just Fuck remember i was chirping him the whole time tv timeouts i couldn't get any ice time that game so i would i would go out for the the the, the uh what do they call them the mutt bag skates you know the tv yep. timeout skates when the tough guys would go for a twirl that's when we got all our yeah. ice time and i would just go up and down the red line i'd be like emotion is good emotion is good <laughs> 
like Mr. TSN. Hey, Mr. TSN, open running your big mouth. I, I can't remember what the score of the game was, though. But if I'm talking like that, then we're winning, right? But anyway, oh my so, god, yeah, easy I, to trash talk when you're up. Uh, me, me, and you were, were chatting about that uh, the golf swing against Toronto. I think that was in 06. It, it was, was last, uh, last year, the goat head jersey. Yeah, oh five, oh six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. that was awesome, Mac. I used to that rivalry has not been the same for the last decade. And I mean, obviously, it's more relevant when both teams are good. But you guys used to pump them so bad, along with Montreal, like they were just a shit show. I remember, I remember going there on a Halloween night, game night, and we were all dressed up and stuff like that. We were. We, uh, I'm not much of a drinker, so it didn't take me much. Like I, I just don't. I just, still to this day, I don't really drink. But I had a few that night, and I was cocked and. Me and my buddies on the way out the door, this uh, this fun guy just kept screaming at my buddy. And I said, you went all the way to fucking Finland. Like the GM flew all the way to Finland to go recruit that one really big goalie. And he got back and he fucking sucked so much. I think you guys pumped like six or seven by him. And uh, he's like, oh, that guy was a fucking shit show, blah, blah, blah. And I almost started a huge brawl outside the arena. My buddy they, did. It was great. Uh, listen, I have so many friends that are Leaf fans. And they all tell me, oh, we'd come to games in Buffalo. We used to all, they'd always get into a fight. Like like when I say my friends, they're like acquaintances. Okay. But still, I mean, either way, I mean, it's, it's such hatred between the two teams. And I always tell them, I'm like, well, I don't know why you and all your fans and friends come down and run your mouths. I mean, it's like Buffalo's a tough town. Yeah, you know, don't think that you're coming in here or you're big Toronto boys and think that you're going to go and stomp on, on everyone oh. in Buffalo. I said, you're going to get your ass kicked. You come I down did. here and start trash talking like that. And he I, did. He got knocked out cold outside a Washington street restaurant or Washington square. He said, all I wanted to go for a cup for, for some wings. And he, he got into a, uh, he got into a verbal altercation and a guy just turned around and just absolutely dropped him. And I said, buddy. well, you probably deserved it. A buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Jeff, he tells me a story that uh, uh, he was a part of a big wedding party, um, and there was these bunch, and it was like a bunch of like mer- former, mer- former and current Marines were in this wedding party, and it was the day of a, a Toronto Sabres game, and the Sabres pumped Toronto, and my buddy Jeff, in his thickest fake Canadian accent, goes, "Sorry about your loss, eh?" <laughs> these guys just lost it, and they didn't realize who they were getting ready to tussle with. Just a bunch of Marines, a bunch of jarheads, and. Like my buddy said, like literally what what ensued after was like a 10 to 15 minute melee. And like he said, the, the, the bride was infuriated. She's like, you ruined my wedding day. You ruined my wedding day. Wow. There's blood everywhere. Black eyes. Are they still married? I don't know. I don't know. I, I it, it, it was his friend. I, I don't oh, know. okay. Okay. Like that <laughs> you got to find out if they're still married. If they're still oh. married, then they didn't ruin the wedding. No, that's true. That's true. This is a good wedding story. Um, <laughs> actually, next time you have Jr. Or Jr. on the show, I wanted to make sure I brought this up before I forgot. Ask him about that time. Uh, he, uh, I don't know if you have already, but it was in an All Star game, and he laid somebody out in an All Star game. There's, a, there, there's a video clip on YouTube. Obviously, you're never supposed to hit an All Star game, and he lined a guy up and lit him up. I forget who it was, but it, ask a, ask him about that sometime. I will ask him on oh. Tuesday. We'll have him oh, on Tuesday. God. I, I lo- I'm going to text that to myself right now yeah. so that I don't I'm forget. Sure, I'm pretty positive it was Jr. He li- he lined somebody up and lit him up, and like it was just so unheard of. And all- I mean, it still is. You don't you don't hit in the All Star game, and she just didn't give a shit. I think I think I I think I heard about that. I think he yeah. did. 
I think he did. I'm texting that to myself. I'm going to ask him. I'll ask yeah. him. He'll be on with us on Tuesday. Yeah. But, uh, no, speaking of which, speaking of the podcast, um, obviously a lot of great success for that with you right now. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge supporter, as you know. Uh, I know. And I appreciate all the, uh, all the, the retweets and comments that you give us on social media. It's oh, uh, man, much it's, appreciated. It's, I, like I said, I don't, Believe it or not, I don't listen to a lot of hockey podcasts. I listen to like I don't listen to Chicklets for whatever reason. I don't. There's no reason really why. Sometimes I'll I'll, I'll tune in, um, but I'll listen to like the Steve Dangle podcast. Um, you know, up in Toronto, that's a good crew up there because they they just don't stick it. They don't stick strictly to the Leafs, especially during the whole Kyle Beach thing. They were pretty good with uh, Rick Westwood. They had him on a few times, so I was I'm a big fan of theirs. But then you know, first and foremost, so it's now it's after the whistle because I just. I feel like you and River Rivers are just finally on, you know, untethered. You're yeah. off the leash. You can say how you feel, how you really feel, and I think fans, the fans that have really started to fall, they really appreciate that because, you know, you know, you do feel like there's a leash on there. You're kind of towing the line. Um, well, with with FCC regulations, number one. I mean, as you know, well, that, doing the yeah. podcast, you can't swear. But I mean, yeah, I think. <sighs> Yeah, I I think it's allowed for a little more, you know, leeway, freedom to maybe say how we really feel. feel. Although, although you know what, there hasn't really in when it comes to the Sabers this year, there hasn't really been that much to 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 shit on them about. I mean, no, no. Like, look, I I made a comment a, a while back ago on Twitter. I said, you know, this team is better without Jack Eichel, and they are, and they still are. I still enjoy watching this team more than I did in the last five years. I'll take this team right now over any team that they've had over the last five years because they just play hard. Even even uh, who was the they had the stinker the other night against the island? Was it the Islanders? It was the yeah. Islanders. Yeah, they lost the Islanders. You know, they played terribly, but, you know, they rebound with a game like they did against Boston. You know, it was close. I mean, they lost in, in uh, overtime. But but the fact of the matter is, is that you just you see a lot of promise in these young players, you know, and, and you don't see. You don't see the shitty attitudes anymore. No, you know, I, I mean, you, you just don't. I now I can't I can't imagine what the pressure was like for Jack or Sam. I can't imagine how exhausting losing God for Risto, but you could just see that all three of them were ready to go. Um, and for all different reasons, probably. And, you know, it, it just, uh, th this team doesn't have that scent to it. It has a, you know, maybe we know we're not going to make the playoffs this year or, or, you know, win more games than we lose, but we're going to try. And it's, that is, that's what Buffalo loves. See, that's, that's what that's what the fan base in Buffalo can can live with when it comes to losing. They can't live with bad body language, lack of effort, um, you know, things like that. So it's been a little bit different this year. Yeah, I I, I compare them a lot to the 96, 97 squad. Uh, obviously, it was before your time with Buffalo, but, um, it, you know, th they were called the hardest working team in hockey. That was the first year me and my dad had season tickets back when it was Marine Midland Arena. And they, they gave out hard hats to all the fans. You show up, you had Ray, May, yeah. uh, the Boogeyman, Boopner, you yeah. know, Barnaby. And, the, you know, you, you just you just banged bodies in the corners. And, you know, you really grinded out wins, you know, on the back of Dominic, Dominic Kashuk yeah. uh, being, you know, you know, doing what he did in his time here. And 
you know, it just it was just fun to watch. They never gave up on a game. In you know, it, you, you knew coming into Buffalo back then that you were going to have a really tough game ahead of you. There's no questions asked, and we haven't seen that in like a decade. We just haven't. You know, you haven't gotten that type of. Uh, a, I don't want to say lack of effort, but just yeah. like every single shift, you don't see people taking shifts off. Well, the the one thing I I miss. And I still think the team lacks a lot, and it's not fighting. If you've if you've heard any any current episodes, I I'm I'm at the point where I I hate the fighting in hockey. I mean, if you get two guys that are going at it in the corner, and they end up dropping the gloves because they're willing combatants and they want to fight, fine. But you know, like the the we don't see stage fights much anymore. But we had the Reeves and McDermott, and it was a hell of a fight. It was a hell of a fight. But that's that's got to go. But so I'm I'm not missing that, and I'm not looking for fighters, and I'm looking not looking for John Hayden to go out and fight Chara like I thought they might the other night when they were you know face to face and in a scrum. But I think we still miss really good hard nosed players that love to body Adam Mares, Patrick Coletta's, yep. guys like that. Um, you know if you can figure any out, Vaclav Verada. You know, guys like that that I think bring right. a ton of a ton of energy. You know, even a Jay McKee who was a defensive Love. shutdown guy, but oh my God, if you cut across the middle and Jay was Jay caught you, you were you were borderline dead. Yeah. And I, I I still think there's a lot of room for for those guys in the game, and I think you can find players that play and play that way that can play hockey that are skilled that know how to play the game. They can think the game. They're positionally sound. They're defensively sound, but they also play that rock'em sock'em style of hockey. And I think until you have five or six guys on your team like that mm -hmm. that still contribute offensively, because I'm not trying to take away from the talent, then I, I just think you're going to be further away from winning. I don't care how many Darlene's you have. I don't care how many skilled guys you have. Um, but and I think they're starting to get there with you know guys like Cousins. I think Cousins yeah, is going to be. That's that's the name I was thinking of was Dylan Cousins. Another, uh, like another guy too that comes to mind that was available in the offseason, but there was no way he was ever coming to Buffalo. Was uh, Blake Coleman? I was a big fan of Blake Coleman in the playoffs yeah. in Tampa. Yeah, I know he went to Calgary, but he was, I was a big fan of his. Um, well, these these guys, I think you know, you, they're you're not going to be able to land those guys until you're playoff contending or yep. Stanley cup contending, because those are the types of players that you bring in when you're ready to, mm -hmm. to make that step. So you got to kind of groom them from within. So you got to figure out a way to try to still have a few of those guys in your lineup. And I, I and especially here in Buffalo, you know, I mean, I, you know, Kevin Adams, I think he knows what it's going to take to, to build a team. Uh, he uses the word connectivity a lot. And I think what I'm describing is exactly the kind of connectivity yep. that your fan base wants. So, um, and I think you need it. I think you still need it to win in this league. I think the big thing too is, you know, when you look at the team out in the ice, you want them to know how much, not even just winning, but the effort they put in that night and how hard they try means to that fan base. And I think that's the, another thing that's been lacking for a long time. It's just like when I, like I said, I've been a season ticket holder for a long time and it was just, uh, you know, when I left games, it's just like, it just, they seemed didn't give a, didn't give a shit that we were there. Like, you know, they didn't care. And that's that's just been night and day difference. I think that's the biggest thing this year is. And from the fans I talk to is just like, we enjoy going to games because they acknowledge that this means a lot to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's all you want as a fan. 
you know, and I think, yeah, you know, to, to, to wrap on, on, on a conversation like this, just about, you know, like, you know, when I say about what you're looking for and certain players and what they still need, I'll say it again. That's all the fans want, especially yep. here in Buffalo. They, they just, I'm not saying they accept losing. I'm just saying, I think losing is easier to accept when at least you're getting a balls out effort. But if you're not getting that kind of an effort, then you're going to get eaten alive by this fan base and not only the fan base, but by the media, because, yep. you know, they know what they're looking for. I've been very critical on, on the media here over the years. And, um, you know, and I've come to learn that they actually know what they want. They know what they're looking for and, and they know what the fans expect. So, you know, they can tell an honest effort, you know, they can tell a guy who's playing honest and a guy who's mailing it in. So I, you know, there's no hiding here in Buffalo. That's for sure. Yeah. Mike Harrington gets a lot of heat on Twitter, but I'm a big fan of Mike. I like Mike a lot. Um, I think he's always willing to ask the questions during the pressers that maybe other people in the media are afraid to ask. And he just doesn't give a shit. Like he wants an answer. That's that he he knows what the people want to the answers people want to hear. Maybe he comes off more of as a dick sometimes, but he doesn't care. And neither do I. Like just, I want to know. I want to know those answers. I remember after they fired Bottero, like he went up there and he said straight to both Terry and Kim, he goes, "Why should we believe through your scattershot leadership through through all of this after you just told us that this person's job was safe and this person's job was safe and then this is this happens? Like why should we believe?" you know, that you are still capable of doing this job. And, but the thing is nobody else in that room would have asked that question, but Mike did. And yeah. I respect him for it. Yeah. No, it, we just had a, we had a great round table with uh, he and Paul Hamilton. And you know, it's funny. I'll, if you're a player, you don't like Mike Ham, uh, Mike Harrington. You, I mean, you, cause you know, he's coming for you with some, like you look at his, his, his relationship with Sam Reinhardt. But as a, as a viewer and you sit back and even when I was working for the team, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, this is, does not look good. But at the same time, you're thinking for the fans and for, for you guys who are doing podcasts and covering the team, it's exactly the kind of guy you want going in there to ask your questions. You know what I mean? Cause like you said, he's not there for a popularity contest. He's there to try to ask the tough questions and, I don't think he always gets the answers because the questions are so difficult to, to answer because they can only go one way. So what happens? You end up getting the, the, the runaround answer, but, but no, he, he does. And I, you know, another guy, Paul Hamilton too, he's been doing it a long time. And, you know, like I said to you, these guys, you're, you're not going to fool them and they're no different than the fan base, right? Like the fans are smart. The fans are smart here in Buffalo. Like, there are some markets where you go and I, I, you know, you just wonder sometimes if the fans even know what they're looking for, you know, and then, you know, here they play on the jumbotron, what icing and offsides is. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yes. I mean, you don't have to do that here. You know, you don't have to do that here in Buffalo. I think everyone here knows exactly what's going on. So that's why I think this team has been different to watch this year. I really do. It's been, I'm not going to say it's been exciting, but I'll say it's been it's been exciting to see some of these young players come up and and make a name for themselves in the NHL. Yeah, I uh, to to see the development of guys that we might have given up on, or the fan base might have given up on, on Tage Thompson and Casey Middlestat, right? And to have a guy like Alex Tuck come in, that you know, I know it's just a press conference, I know it's just words, 
but you know that that means something to to the people that spend their hard-earned money on this on the, on this product and it always has it's been a blue collar town forever and they want that blue collar effort well um, go ahead no i was just going to say i mean i i know the tucks and just by default i mean i I had um, Alex's little brother, Luke. He's not so little anymore. He plays at BU. Um, he lived with me for a year uh, while he was playing for the Junior Sabres. And, you know, so I've, I've obviously gotten to know the family. And I can honestly tell you that he was, he was just starting in Vegas when Luke was living with me. In fact, I remember the night when he scored his first NHL goal. Luke was watching the game at my island on his laptop. And... He just, I remember when he scored his first goal, Luke was screaming bloody murder. I mean, it was, it was incredible to watch, but the one thing I can tell you about that family and, and well, Alex in particular, because he's here now is that even though he was in Vegas, he loved Vegas, but all I can tell you is he would, there's only one other team that he would ever want to play for. And that's the Buffalo Sabres. And and that's not lip service. That's not him coming into a team and like, oh, yeah, I always wanted to be a Buffalo Sabre. He had the jerseys. He lived next door to Tim Connolly. He came to the games. He watched those teams. And I think deep down, even on his draft day, he would have told you that he would have loved to have gone to the Buffalo Sabres. Now, there were rumors that, that Tim Murray was trying to trade back in to the 18th spot or around that spot um, to try to get him. Uh, and have him here. I don't know who they took that year. It might have been was it Jack's draft, same draft, or Sam Reinhardt? Maybe I can't remember which one draft. It was one, one of those two. two, and um, and he wanted to be a Buffalo Saber. So that like you take a guy like Alex Tuck, that level player, and you trade him to the Buffalo Sabers now. If it's any other player, then they're probably going to be really pissed off that they were in that deal because this team probably has a couple years before they're really going to turn that corner. That is why Tuck was so imperative in that deal was because Kevin Adams knew that Alex Tuck would want to come here and want to be a Buffalo Sabre. And I'll tell you this too. Mar I mean, you don't, don't uh, hold it, hold it against me if I'm wrong, but he should be, and is a very good candidate to be the yeah. next captain of the Sabres. I mean, I don't think Dylan cousins will quite be ready yet, but I think you could very easily give that C to Alex Tuck next year, and it would it would just fit perfectly on him. You were and right. It was it was Reinhardt's draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it was one of those two. Yeah, it, it's it's not unheard of too to just throw the C on a, a guy that's you know kind of that new to the organization because they did it with Reve. I'm pretty they didn't, like you kind of did it with Reve. I know it was yeah. kind of a different circumstance, but it was it was it was a vote, and I didn't vote for Craig. <laughs> yeah, I, I voted for Teppo. I don't know. I, I think I, I think that vote. I think that uh, that captaincy was already predetermined, and the vote was just a facade. And I think it was just to keep Craig happy because he didn't even he did not want to be here. He did not want to be here. Conspiracy. Well, I remember. to here, right? No, um, San Jose. Oh, was he was he coming from San Jose. Right? Yeah, flip flops to the rink. That's what he said. He's like, I'm wearing flip flops to the rink, driving in my '67 Camaro convertible, <laughs> and I'm coming to Buffalo. And now he lives here. Now he now he won't right. leave. Oh, I, I, see him, I see him at the rink all the time. Uh, he runs the skate with the team. He coaches. Yeah. So I'll be walking out of Cass. He'll be walking in. And I was I skated a lot with Quentin Musty um, this summer, and they they have a relationship. Yeah. Um, 
And I was just with Q the other day before he went back. Um, cause it's a shit show up there right now with all the cases, but, um, yeah. no, you're, you're, you, yours and Craig's back and forth, um, was something else. It was, it was fun to listen to. Um, and, uh, you guys did a great job, um, feeding off of each other. One thing I wanted to ask you going back to you. So you're from St. Catharines, right? Yeah. Uh, I got the chance to play for the Niagara ice dogs. Well, they were in that Jack Gatecliff Gatorade Garden City Arena. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. It's the St. Catharines Falcons rink. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed my time there, but I I was a I was a rookie, right? I didn't get to go out with the, the big dogs. I didn't get to go to the a lot of the Brock parties. Like if I went out and and I had a broad at the time, but like uh we would go to like somebody's house whose billet was a Niagara on the lake kind of thing. What was it like um, for you, not only growing up there, but, you you know, your time spent in, in Oshawa, and then I think it was, what, Kitchener? Yeah, I spent two years in Oshawa and a year in Kitchener. Always always played my best games in Kitchener and Mizzou. I don't know what it was. Um, I saw Landis Cog beat the shit out of our heavyweight during his draft year, and I'm like, God damn, this guy is going to be a stud. Landis Cog, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably had like four points on me that night. And he just fucking knocked out our heavyweight. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, that's um, a good that's a good night if you have four points and you beat up the tough guy. Well, you know, I'm in that, so it's it's you know tough. But um what's the uh was it the same kind of thing there where it was a community owned team back then too? Well, so the the Niagara the OHL team wasn't there uh, when I was growing up. It came from Mississauga, right, right, with Don Cherry. Yeah, but um, I, I mean, what a great city to have a an OHL team in St. Catharines. But I mean, I would have loved to have played in my hometown uh, for an OHL team. But I mean, again, that's it doesn't always work that way. But I, I love. I loved my uh, my time in Oshawa to a certain extent. I mean, I, you know, I loved my billets. I loved playing for the Generals. It's you know, I mean, if you're going to go to an OHL team to play, that's one of the longest histories right there. When you're talking about, you know, um, you know, places to play that have the have the the long little think of the players that played there from Bobby or to Eric Lindros before I, uh, you know, how, how far after Lindros were you like five years? Uh, Lindros. I mean, probably six, six, seven years, maybe after Lindros, but, but the, what you mean? You look the up legend, the legend of Lindros legend. hadn't, hadn't gone away yet. I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, it was still a big Eric Lindros heavy loved town there. And then Kitchener, you know, I, I just, I got traded there. That's one of the teams I would have liked to have gone to again, cause they have the history, um, you know, and they, they, that arena is unbelievable, I love but that arena. you know, but I, I didn't necessarily have a great season there either. I had a lot of injuries hurt, you know, hurt my shoulder, broke my hand, ended up herniating a disc in my back and needed back surgery at the end of the year. But, um, so not my best year, but again, great places to play. I, I, Oshawa, I had a, I had a, I had a terrible coach in Oshawa. I had a, I mean, he was, he was just, uh, he was a bully. Um, in fact, I've, I've actually started to communicate with a couple of former players of former teammates of mine from when I played with the generals and, and, uh, we reminisce about this guy and the shit he used to say. And he, he used to call players fat and, and he just, he, he, he forced players to fight and he, I don't know. I mean, he just was, 
Yeah, it made it made for a really it's a toxic environment he's creating. He's just oh. feeding off of the the fear. Like you, you can't coach out of fear, right? Like I found in my well, he thought he he thought he could. I mean, he thought he could. He was about yay high, and all he did was talk about his stats when he played in the OHL. His name was John Goodwin, and yeah, he and I, uh, he and I, I, I actually asked for a trade out of Oshawa. I remember, like, I mean, I who has the nerve to ask for a trade out of their junior team? And I was just so unhappy. I love my billets. I had two unbelievable billets there, Nancy and Bill Knight, and. I, you know, I loved them and I, it was harder to leave them than it was to leave Oshawa from playing there. And I, you know, I, uh, yeah, uh, you just, you're bringing up some, some really, really tough memories. Cause I mean, this guy was just, just a complete asshole. I mean, well, your, your teammate, Brian Allen went, that went high that draft year, your draft third year. overall, he, he went third overall. Him. Uh, no, I last time I saw Brian Allen, we were at training camp together with the Florida Panthers. Um, sure. that was where I, uh, that was where I finished, you know, I, I signed with Florida and, um, I got sent down to Rochester, but I, you know, I saw Brian Allen when I was there, but I haven't seen him since. I, I couldn't tell you what he's doing. We were, we were never friends. He was a good guy. He was a good guy, but, um, no, he was, he was in and out. I mean, he played the one year in Oshawa with us and then I, I think he was gone. I don't think he uh maybe he did come back after his after his draft year. But I, I mean I, I can't remember. But all I can tell you is my time in Oshawa, my second year especially, our coach was just he's just awful. Just an awful human being. And the fact that he's still working in the game today is is I mean, hopefully he's changed. Hopefully he's changed. Um one one last question on that. Your time in New Jersey, I know you were only there for a little bit, but what was it like um, you know, playing for Lou and Lou Drew? So I have said this multiple times. Um had I had I been drafted by New Jersey and been fortunate enough to make the team um and spent five years there and then gone somewhere else, I would have played 10 years in the league, maybe 12, okay? I was coming from Buffalo where we had two very successful seasons, but um, Darcy Regeer Darcy wasn't great at, at setting a culture. Um, he had rules, and he, he too tried to, uh, you know, rule with the iron fist with the, with the uh, you know, the scare tactics um, where Lou it's you respect Lou, you know, where Darcy it's well, you have to respect me because I am who I am and, and respect is earned. And, you know, there weren't a lot of players that respected Darcy Regeer. And, you know, I can tell you that from go from, from going from Buffalo to New Jersey, uh, it was an eye opener. It was a complete eye opener. What it's like to go from an, a, a franchise that's never won to a franchise that has won a lot recently. And it's a completely different mindset. Um, I didn't know how to adapt. I didn't know how to um, adapt fast enough under Lou Lamorello. Cause I hear I am thinking, Oh, I've already played five years in the league. I'm a veteran. I'm mature. Um, I've got it all figured out when in reality I didn't have, I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't, I was not even, 
close to being prepared to go and play for Lou Lamorello in New Jersey and what the expectations were because, you know, I was, I was coming from, you know, a, a much different mindset and philosophy. And I, I'll say this, like it took Chris Drury to, to walk around our locker room and say, how come we don't have any pictures of the Stanley cup around here? Like we, we, you know, you walk around, like what's the ultimate goal in hockey, right? Yeah. To win, like, yeah. and Drury had already won a cup. So Drury, um, Drury, I just remember, I can't remember if it was my rookie year or my second year. I'm pretty sure it was my rookie year. And he just, I think, I can't remember who he said it to. I think he was Darcy or maybe it might've even been Larry Quinn. He said, Hey, we got to get some pictures of the Stanley cup up around here so that guys know what the ultimate goal is. So we know what we're chasing. Like we know, we know what we're chasing. Yeah, but, but those- the visual reminder, like I used to do the same thing. I would type, I would type out my short-term goals and my long-term goals yep. and put it in the back of my locker. And just that visual reminder of this is what we are chasing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden, all these framed pictures of the Stanley Cup are going up around the locker room. And it, you know, and it it and it meant a lot, you know. It's like we were a good team. And we're, we're trying to turn a corner in 03, 04, and we had a good finish to the season. And then obviously the lockout year, 05, 06 was amazing. 06, 07 was amazing. And then, you know, Drury and Briere, July 1, we'll never forget that. But, you know, the, I, you know, I think, I, I think looking at it, I, you know, playing in New Jersey was a real eye opener as to what it actually takes to be a real pro. I mean, it's easy to, put on the Jersey and go and skate in games and, you know, call yourself a professional athlete, but are you a pro? And I was the furthest thing from a pro. Um, I was extremely immature, um, probably felt extremely entitled. I don't know why, but I, maybe I did. I don't know if entitlement was the right word, but I worked hard, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to act the part. And, you know, they always say, oh, you learn from the veteran guys. Well, the veteran guys can only teach you so much, right? Lou never had a problem pulling guys aside and talking to them, speaking to them like they're human beings, even when he's mad at you, even when he's mad at you. I had an incident with Lou where I fought Eric Bolton. He was on the Atlanta Atlanta Thrashers. Everyone in Buffalo is familiar with him. Mm -hmm. And my jersey came off, and I was so – before the game, I was so – I knew we were going to fight. I just knew it. I knew it. I think I was back in the lineup, so I actually wanted it, right, which was rare. And my jersey my jersey came off, and I, did, I didn't tie down, and I got kicked out of the game. And it was the first shift of my first, – my first shift of the game, so it was very early. So now I leave the team shorthanded a player, right? Forward, yeah. So – go into the room and then game ends. I can't remember if we won or lost. I hadn't spoken to Lou. Like normally every day it would just be like a walk by. Hey, good morning. Oh, good morning. You know, whatever. Small talk. At least he said good morning. Lindy and Darcy would never even say good morning some days to players. So Lou, Lou and I didn't connect at all. And I'd seen him a bunch. And then one day we're in Chicago to play the Hawks. And there's a, there's a narrow tunnel where you have to, you, you know, you walk in from the, the main entrance out in the hallway into the locker room. He's coming out of the locker room and I'm going down into the locker room. So he's at one end and I'm at the other. And I was like, okay, because I know he's pissed at me about something and I know it has to do with that night. And 
we walked and we locked eyes. And I said to him, I said, Lou, is everything all right? He said, and he stopped and he goes, no, it's not all right. I've been <laughs> mad at you for two weeks. You know why? I said, yeah, I bet. I said, I bet I know why. He goes, why? I said, because my jersey. He goes, yeah, immature, inexperienced, unprofessional. You know better. I said, you know, listen, I, I said, my, he said, I don't want to hear it. He said, now, you know, and that was it. I fucking love it. Okay. <laughs> and that was it. The next day, this is, this is truth. The next day I see Louie's like, Hey, Petey, how are you? What's going on? You know, how's everything going? And it was over. It was over. Like he that. had, he had, he had, he wanted to lay me out verbally for two weeks and he just let it kind of air. And then here it was, we had our moment and he, he laid into me and you know, I mean, I needed that when I was 22, 23, you know what I mean? But that's Lou Lamorello, man. He just, I have so much respect for Lou, more respect now for Lou, knowing what he was trying to do than, you know, what I learned from him when I was there, because I wasn't nearly in the mindset at the time to be able to absorb, um, what it took to be a New Jersey devil. I, I only bring it up because I was just recently listening to Elaine Walsh in his new podcast, um, Agent Provocateur. He has some great guests on, but Mike Rupp, a player you played against in the O, um, he got drafted the first time around by the Islanders, couldn't come to an agreement with Millbury. Surprise, surprise there. Um, goes back, gets drafted by the Devils, and he says it was a blessing because of Lou. and. Yeah. That's why he was able to carve out the career that he did. And, it, it, you know, you, you reiterated, you, you know, a lot. The, the main message of, of what um, Rupper was talking about, and, and I think it's fascinating to get a, a little peek behind the curtain because, you know, most fans just, they hear. Well, why, why do you think so many guys stay there for so long? Like, why yeah. do you think Brodeur stayed there and made five and a half million when he probably could have been making the same as Hashik, if not more? You know, I mean, it's loyalty because Lou, Lou shows you loyalty. If you're all in for him, he has your back and you don't want to let people like that down. It's easy to turn your back on someone that you think just treats you like a business commodity, right? But Lou treats you like a human being first and a father. He's like a father figure and he doesn't fuck around. Like, that's the thing. And I think, you know, if you're, I would love to know what his address is to the young kids when they first come in, because he must set the record straight because his reputation precedes him. And everywhere he goes, he straightened out the Toronto Maple Leafs, by the way. He straightened out the Toronto I Maple believe Leafs. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, that team is running the way it is because of Lou. And, Look at the island. I know the island's struggling a little bit this year, but you, you just go back to last year. You know oh, what I mean? With without John Tavares for two years or whatever, and they're all the way back. I mean, it's like he just has a way of getting his players to believe and believe. And I, I think that's it. I mean, we never doubted. We were we were the best team in the league that year, and we should have won. I say you should have won the cup. You go out in the first round of Philly, but they went to the finals. But the point is, is he's just. He has a way of making his players feel so important. And in Buffalo, Darcy Regeer never made me feel important. Yeah, he's going to say, oh, I gave you contracts, gave you one-way deals. Yeah, sure, sure. But didn't I earn those? 
You know, I mean, you, you, you walk by a player and you don't acknowledge that they are there. They exist. That's going to leave a mark. And it doesn't just leave a mark with that player. Cause once that player goes and says, you know what just happened? Fucking guy just walked by me and didn't even say hello. Like, big league me in the hallway. Oh, listen. So Lindy, Lindy rough one day. And I have a lot of respect for Lindy, but I also have my qualms with Lindy too. And I hope he's changed. Uh, I have to imagine he's changed cause he's still coaching, but he's walking through the training room one day and I'm walking in, I am still in my street clothes and I'm coming uh, in, you know, for practice and I'm standing in the training room. Tim Connolly's getting a massage. Okay. Someone else is on the training table. Mersey's probably in there. We're, you know, yakking it up with the boys. And you know, that was kind of like a meeting zone area. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Lindy's walking through with his coffee and I'm walking through and I kind of turn to the side and I let him, you know, out of respect, I didn't want to barrel him over. So I just kind of turn and I let him walk through, you know, and doesn't say a word. Like doesn't say a word. So he's about 10 feet past me. And (laughs) Tim Tim Connolly lifts his head off the training table and he's looking and like everyone's kind of quiet because as soon as Lindy (laughs) came in the room, everyone shut up. Right. And I just, and I was like, it was my last year in Buffalo and I fucking hated life at the, at the time. And I'm just like, good morning to you too, Lindy. And he stops, he turns, he goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Good morning, Andrew. How are you today? And I just, I just turned and walked, I just turned and walked in. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, Lindy, you know, and I like, and I, 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 I'm talking tough now, 20 years removed from the situation or 15 years removed from the situation. But, but in my head, I'm like, what an asshole, what an asshole, like, do you, literally get punched in the head for this guy on a nightly basis. If I, if I go out and need to do it and you can't even acknowledge that I'm there. So what if I broke curfew three nights ago, Lindy? Everybody does. (laughs) Piggyback on that. Like I I always like, you know, there's hockey movies out there that I love and you know, people are kind of, you know, on the fence about that movie goon, which I I liked it. Um, But one of the things that um, Ray uh, Ross, the boss, Ray, what's the actor's name? Uh, I can't think of his Schramer, name, but I know, but I know who you're he, talking yeah. about. He said in the in the diner to uh, to Doug Glatt, he goes, "You know, you, you you stop calling yourself a hockey player because you know you they just want you to bleed, right?" And he goes, "I'll bleed for my team." And that like that kind of that 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 quote kind of came across my mind when you just said that. You know, you know, I, I I do all this for this team. I take punches, but you know, in in a way, it's true. You you know, I I consider you I consider all enforcers hockey players, regardless of if they're out there for 20, you know, 20 minutes or, or two minutes, you know, you're, you're playing a part, you're doing what you have to for your team. So other guys don't have to do it. And that's what you used That's what you used to do. And I respect the shit. Out that of was it, a man. brutal job. It was, yeah, a, yeah. It was a gravitated to in my, in my four years in the O I it's looking back, I gravitated and became best friends with some of our enforcers. And this was before the old 10 fight rules where you could actually, you know, roster two or three heavies and they would play. Um, and I, at least looking back, like I, I, I became close friends with nearly all of them. Um, because I think deep down, I knew that parlaying off what Dwayne said, I knew that their job was so fucking anxiety filled that they knew what they had to do. And, and they still showed up every day with a smile on their face and, and they were willing to lay it on the line and, and, and like you say, bleed for your fucking team and, yeah, and pick up for your guys. And to, for, for me as a goaltender, especially, you know, we're in vulnerable spots um, to know that a guy is going to, you know, fucking 
shove somebody off me or fucking drop the mitts if somebody fucking skates in my face. Like that to me was um was a cool bond I had with a lot of guys that I played with. And um I wow. respect the shit out of the job that you guys did. It, it's amazing because you know the you know the role that I had. I think one of the one of the coolest things that happened. Um I remember I was in New Jersey. It was a preseason game in Long Island, and I got run over. I can't remember who it was, but someone gave me a pass, and I, you know, and I picked it up from the back, and I, I just got destroyed. Okay, I don't know who got me, but all I know is that as soon as I got up, there was a kid. I'm a hundred percent sure it was Miles Stays. I'm pretty sure. Just comes in and just starts feeding some guy. Okay, now I'm and I'm standing there. I was like, "What? I, I can take care of myself. I was going to get up and take care of business, right?" And here's this kid, 19 years old, trying to make a name for himself. And I remember I made a point while he was in the box for five minutes. I I came off the bench during a timeout and I went over to the penalty box and I tapped on the glass. And I just remember I said, "Nobody." <laughs> will ever go near you again because I I was so indebted to the guy because I know how hard that is. But, you know, you talk about anxiety ridden, you know, it's amazing. I, I've, I've, I've had, you know, I don't know how long I've been out of the game now, 11, 12 years. I've had some, some, you know, I have a little boy now since I retired, but I've had some shit happen to me, but I have never lost sleep the way I did in my time playing professional hockey, like in the OHL, it's different. You're, you're so full of piss and vinegar. You're just like, I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do. You know, you know, one's really hurting each other in junior anyway, but you know, and you get to the pros and you start to see these guys that are hungry to do it. And they've got an, they've got an edge. Oh, and you're just like, you know, and it starts to, it starts to perpetuate and it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's why these guys like razor and Domi and all these guys that did it for so much longer and so many more times than I did it. I have way more respect for them than I think anybody will ever know because doing that role for half or a third of the time that they did it and knowing how I felt they were either clinically insane, which they weren't, or they just knew how to deal with it or had it, but just hit it. And, you know, you talk to Razor now and he'll, he'll tell you, yeah, I was scared back in the day, you know, you, the, the sleepless nights and the sweats in the afternoon nap. And um, they're real. I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, the, the, you know, you're looking over and warm up and, you know, you're just hoping when you get into the, into the locker room that their names wiped off the board because yeah. they're scratched. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a thankless job and it's a, it's a, it's a hard job. And you know what? I, I, I never really thought about it, but I mean, I can't imagine what the parents go through. I mean, my mom and dad did not raise me to play hockey that way. You know, that was not something my dad was you were like, a second round pick. You know, I mean, my dad said, you're going to have to go out and play hard. You have to play hockey the right way. And you're going to have to fight at times because you're big and you're strong and you know, and you hit hard, but to actually take on that role, I mean, if someone had said when I when you're a kid you're going to be a fighter in the NHL, I'd be like, no way, I'm going to do that. No way. So I don't know. I don't know where the guts came from to actually do it, but I think when 
you know, they're, they're, they're paying you that much money. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to not do it. And then, yeah. you know, you look at life, survive, you, right? Well, yeah, but you look at life after, I mean, I just watched the movie. Ironically enough, I watched the movie concussion last night. Just, Love that movie. just because I don't know why I put it on. I was, I watched the Aaron Hernandez thing again. And I'm just kind of like, why, why, why do we do this? They, why, they, why? Why do we do this? And how do they deny it? <laughs> how do they deny that the, the, the headshots don't lead to to CTE. brain trauma, long-term damage? I mean, it, it's crazy. But we're on a lot of different topics on one topic. But it's just it's they just said, it's insane to think. Like, think back, and I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed that I made it to the NHL that way. I'm not I'm not saying that tough guys should be embarrassed. I don't know if I'm embarrassed for the game that it had that. Or that I'm embarrassed that I, I allowed myself to do that. I don't. I don't know where I fall somewhere in between. But I know that I. Before you go on, I have one, one quote that I know that I'll always live by. I would, looking back, I would have rather never made it as a real player than make it as the player that I was. That's just that's just the truth. Fair enough, but you do get to. You do get to call yourself part of the the point zero zero one of all of us when we lace them up. And now that you know you've been a coach, I do a lot of coaching now. Dwayne's done some coaching. You know the ultimate goal is to make it there. And 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 I get I get where I get your quote, and I respect the hell out of that for you to say that on air. Uh, but you did what you had to do, and 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 you you played multiple seasons and. Kelly, you're trying corner. to build me up here, trying to build up the morale. I'm one of the cockiest bastards you'll ever meet. You don't need to pump my tires. <laughs> I'm, just, right. I'm just kidding with it. Uh, he, 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 <laughs> I give him shit all the time, dude. But sometimes he'll pump his own tires. He loves, you know, when we're oh, just, oh, he loves. Yeah, absolutely. He <laughs> should, though. I, I can't. Hey, hey, I can't. I can't. I haven't cut the cord yet. I yeah uh, no I he hasn't put the yearbook away it's fine uh, <laughs> no um speak but speaking on something you were talking about earlier though PD is um talking about kind of like being a younger immature player you see these kids up in Buffalo right now your Krebs your Paterka your UPL uh and just the crop that's getting ready to come and what they're doing in Rochester one of the one of the questions that were asked by a, by a fan um uh, Joey Kahn's, uh, you know, front of the program was, you know, what was it like in Rochester and what will it mean for when, if, and when these kids do go back to Rochester to go chase a Calder trophy and, or a Calder cup, sorry. And, uh, you know, bring that experience, that deep playoff road experience back to Buffalo with them when they do eventually get the permit, you know, per, they, they do get the call to be here permanently. Well, I, that is, that's such a, that's such a great point because that's imperative that's imperative for these young kids. And I hope that the, I hope, you know, you hope that when they get sent back at the end of the year and they should get sent back, send as many players back for the playoff run I as agree. you can. And I hope they don't see it as, as a demotion or a waste of time because I never won anything. I never won anything. In my three years in Rochester, we had two years. We were unbelievable. And I thought we were going to win a Calder Cup. I thought we were going to win a Calder Cup. I know the team, the year before they'd gone to the finals. The year before, I think they were in the semifinals. And, you know, it like winning there was an expectation in Rochester. 
And it's important because they're going to play in the NHL again at some point. And there are players in Rochester that will never play in the NHL. And the American League is the furthest that they're going to get it. It's extremely far. You make it to the American Hockey League as a hockey player, you're an incredible hockey player. Period. End of story. And there are a lot of players that I play with in the American League that were better, 10 times better than I was and better than, than a lot of players I played with in the NHL. But they just either didn't get their shot or there's just one thing missing from their game. So it's important to them, you know, and one of the coolest things I remember is when I was playing in Jersey, it was interesting because, because I was sitting with the same two guys, Colin White and Marty Berdur, and they were talking about winning a cup. And, you know, that's all like that conversation, that one particular moment was about. And, and I, I you know, I'm, I can't remember exactly how the, the, the question went, but I was, you know, I was like, well, what, which one meant more the first one, the second one or the third one, you know? And Marty said the second and the third, because after you win one, you want to win, you want to win it for everybody else. You want everybody else to share in that experience and that excitement. And Colin White said the second one was better than the first one, you know, like, and you just want to win another one. I just want to win another one. Like, you know, and, and you can sense the hunger and the enjoyment that comes with winning. And just because it's not at the highest, highest level, doing it at the American League level or the East Coast League level or the OHL level, it it, it creates a bond and an experience for some guys that may never go any further. So to have that, those guys go back down, it's imperative for their development to grow their culture in the locker room and winning, but also you got to help those other guys that may never have that chance that you're going to have one day, you know, and, and you try to, you try to do that together. You, you build that culture down there. Uh, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know it's an unpopular opinion, uh, but personally when Buffalo has two healthy NHL level goaltenders, I think UPL should go back. I think that he gives them the best chance to win a Calder cup. Um, there's I nothing wrong with that point. I, no. I mean, that's, that's exactly what they should do. He needs it. I, you, you know, he looked he's going to need it. He's looked great. There's there's not a knock on him. Um, but do I think, do I think that it's more beneficial for his development as well as like you mentioned other players that will be with Buffalo next year and their development to have him down in Rochester. I think that's where the biggest benefit is. Goaltenders we develop at such a later rate, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I forget where I read it, but it's, you know, you might, maybe 25 is when you start to hit your ceiling. Miller. Right. Miller came and, in look, at 25. and look at Millsy, what, what, what he was able to do. And he was able to win it in Rochester. And I know every goalie is different, but um, I, I, I like your point, Dwayne. And, and I think it just goes back to what's better for the organization versus now. And I, and I, and I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Kevin Adams because he was a big reason and getting me into my, my, my first NHL camp and, um, you know, skating at leisure with Luke Adam and Cassie and, and um, those guys at, at 6 a.m. every day in the summer, Kevin running that. I think he was, was he a skills development guy, PD, back then? He was, he was an assist, he was assistant coach with the Sabres probably, but at that point. Been, yeah, 2010, 11. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I hope there's a plan in place. And with UPL, as, as good as he's playing, um, we saw how much it hurt 
some of the development of some of the guys when they would battle for 60 and not get the save they needed to get. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a frustrating. Well, he's, he's going to, he's got someone uh, chomping at his heels too. You got Devin Levi. I mean, he's, you know, and he, Portillo. Yeah, and Portillo and you, you know, and, and, and a guy like uh, Luke and I'm not saying, you know, that those guys are going to be better or he's going to be better than they are. But when you have young goalies in the system that are producing maybe somewhere else, I mean, you, there's, you don't think Lukanen's paying attention to what those guys are doing. 100%. You don't think he's pressures on pressures, yeah, on. pressures, pressures on last year. It was all about Lukanen. And now Kevin Adams makes that trade for Devin Levi. They had Portillo already in the mix. And, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's time for him to, I don't want to say put up or shut up because it's not quite at that point, but I mean, he's, he's got some pressure on him now. hundred percent. And one of the things too, that I've always been maybe on the fence with UPL is the injury history. Goalie, goalies with hip injury. I think he had double hip surgery. Yeah, I did. That's not something that just goes away. You know, you know, you know, yeah. you deal with that for a long time. And me personally, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I'm very high on Eric Portillo. He's two, he's got two inches on UPL and you know, I, we've had him on, on here before. And the kid is just very driven and very motivated to, you know, to, to get to the to the pro level. And he's having a great season with Michigan. And I love what Devin Levi is doing. The only thing that concerns me about Devin isn't isn't the ability. It's just the size. The size yeah. worries me a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. What is he is he five ten? He's. I think he's just under six foot. Is he? Well, yeah. Yeah, who knows how that can work for him, but maybe he's going to be the exception. I hope so. I, I really do. Um, you know, like I said, you, you know, how good shooters are these days, you know, being a smaller goalie is such a disadvantage. It's not like the days where, when Hashik played where 5 foot 10, 5 foot 11 you can get by. You know, it's you know, there's so shooters are so much better these days. Yeah, no yeah, they are. It goes back to positioning. If that guy has found a way to have success his whole life at that height, in Hockey East, arguably the best hockey conference in the country at his height, his skating has got to be that much better, and his angles have to be that much Well, better. he's super athletic from what I've been told. Yep. I've been told he, like, uh, so I was talking to, to Alex's brother, Luke, and he had just played against him, I think, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. And I asked him about him. He said, kid is, well, he calls me. I mean, everyone calls a guy kid, but he said he's just unbelievably athletic. He said he gets by. I said, isn't he smaller? He said he's smaller than than I think what's traditional these days. He said, but he where he makes up for it is his athleticism and his compete. Like mm-hmm. I've just that's that's the scouting report that's been going around. But he, you know, he said we couldn't beat him. We couldn't beat him that night. He was just unbelievable flopping around and and he's fast. Apparently he's really fast. So who knows? I mean, maybe maybe the size doesn't affect him if he can make up for it in other ways. Yeah. I, uh, I know we don't want to keep you on here too much longer. Uh, try and usually keep it around an hour, but I bet we've had a lot of fun with you. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Whatever you guys need. Yeah. Um, one other thing, too, I wanted to ask is, obviously, after the things with uh, you know, with the previous show ended and now you've come to the podcast after the whistle, at after Le Whistle on Twitter. Um, That's because the was taken. So we yeah, went with Le, the old no, French, French version. version. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's better. It's better if you ask me. Um, but, you know, what was that transition like? The decision to kind of go out on your own, which I, you know, a lot of people were excited for, including myself. Um, oh, thank you. You know, I, I like I said, I, 
we've, we've discussed this before. You guys can, you know, really speak your mind and have whoever the, you know, have whoever the fuck you want on, on, on your podcast whenever you want. Um, but what was that transition like? And, you know, what was it like? I know we talked about this before the show, but what was it like to be the guy to drop? Honestly, this is, this is no joke. This is the biggest trade in this franchise history since, that guy, that guy wrecked there, Dominic. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. This is the biggest trade, you know, you know, I remember, I think we got back a pick and Slava Kozlov, who definitely didn't want to fucking be here. <laughs> very, vocal, very vocal about it. Uh, what was it like to be that guy? What was that like? How did it all go down? You know, can you, can you get in deep on that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, everyone seems to think that it was the tux that told me, but you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the I mean, I played here in Buffalo, so I have friends that work for the team. I have friends who have friends that are friends of players in the team. I'll tell you exactly what happened. So this, so this, I, I'm not going to say the player, but one of the guys on the team is dating a girl from Buffalo and her dad happens to be a friend of mine. So everyone kind of got the text at night that Jack was getting traded. So she called her dad. And her dad called me. <laughs> her dad texted me at like six fifteen in the morning. Love it. And said, uh, "I said you're never gonna believe this. Uh, you know, supposedly don't say anything." <laughs> He's like, "Don't say anything." And well, it was a text message. He's like, "Can't say anything." You know, my my daughter's hanging out with so and so, and you know, she called me last night. You know, in disbelief that that the, the Eichel trade was done. And I was like, "Is this legitimate?" You know, I texted him back because I, I had my son that morning and normally I don't check my phone like I'm getting him ready for school. Right. So I looked at my phone and he said, you're never going to believe this. Jack was traded last night. So I, I called him and I said, is this real? And he said, yeah. He said, supposedly they're not going to announce it until nine. And as I'm on the phone with him, I'm, I'm typing out the tweet. <laughs> 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 and I said, and I said, I said, I'm going to tweet this out. He's like, no, 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 no. And I said, too late. And I think the first tweet, <laughs> the first tweet I sent was something. It was kind of vague because I didn't want to like sewer him. Yeah. So I said something like, today's going to be an interesting day or something along those lines. And then I was just like, screw it. Jack's going to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and here's who's coming back. And then everything, everything kind of blew up from there. But here's the thing. Like I, I didn't know for sure if it was real. So I'm just sitting there kind of like, well, you went on a whim. I went out on a whim, um, but it was kind of one of those things where I was like, if I'm wrong, I really cares. I'm allowed to be wrong in this regard. Cause I'm not an insider. And if oh, I'm right, if I'm right, I'm like, Hey, it's a grand slam. So I went with it. And, and then uh, Darren Dreger confirmed it first. He's like uh, interesting morning for sure. I can confirm that uh, at the instigator 76 is right. that Jack was traded. And I was just kind of like, Oh my God. Like at that point, I still didn't know if it was real. So that's, that's awesome. uh, that so good for you. That's Fucking coming in hot. Just to uh, uh, so, I, so that was, yeah, that was an interesting morning. I, I remember I, I texted I, I was in the air. I was on my way. I, I fucked up my travel plans. I was going down to Florida for my uncle's wedding, and I was supposed to fly into Jacksonville, but I flew into Fort La Fort Lauderdale. My entire family is down in West Palm. I assumed that the wedding was in West Palm. No, it's five hours away in Jacksonville. So I'm sitting here. The only thing that's in my mind is like, how the fuck am I going to get to Jacksonville from Fort Lauderdale? The entire family is in Fort Lauderdale. I was able to figure it out. 
But then I get off the plane, take my plane off phone off airplane mode, and then, like all of a sudden, I just see Twitter's going wild. And I, it comes from you, and I text like, "Good, good for you, man." That I was so happy for you that you were the one to break that news. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said to you before, I said, I, I said that in a dollar fifty, we'll get you a donut. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it never. It, it, I tell you, you breaking trades doesn't uh, translate into earning money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know that, what? but. It helps the podcast, though, does it not? It no, I, it yeah, I mean that that episode, the next episode, I think is uh, has been one of our one of our more um, listened or viewed uh, episodes. But yeah, so I mean, I guess in a way, it 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 you know it does that. But I mean, that's why that's why I did it. That's why I just took the initiative yeah, and I was like, to. screw you it. I'm to. like, no one's ever going to know that it was your daughter that told me, or told you that told me, and um, yeah. So you know, it was uh, uh, it was definitely an interesting morning. For sure. I'll, t- I'll tell you this: If I was in that situation, I don't know if I would have pressed send. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't answer that question. I just like, you know, I, I get shit on for so much stuff on Twitter, Dwayne. I I really That's don't true. care. Like, I, I mean, I'm at the point now where you know, it's taken a lot of years on the old social media stream, and I only have Twitter. I don't have Facebook. Our show has Instagram. But I think we've only ever had one post. Um, but I don't have. I don't have social media. So Twitter has definitely over the years helped me grow some thicker skin. That's for sure. Yeah. I remember you, somebody, if it was you or somebody else posted a picture of your rookie card and it had the, the price tag little sticker on it. It was like five bucks. And I made a comment. I was like, oh, come on, Petey, just five. I was just completely joking because I've always respected you. <laughs> you, you. You chime back in with the chirp. He goes, Oh yeah, five bucks. But uh, how how much is how uh, how much is yours worth, bud? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You know what you want to hear? It's funny. That's such a great line too because I, I didn't come up with that. Other guys have you know like said you know what do you you know how many NHL stats or whatever do you so. I'd heard that before, but I got to tell you a quick story. And then you also asked me another question about the transition into podca- the podcasting. But my son took some of my cards to school and kids, he's eight, so he's in third grade. And kids now have a good kind of idea of what good stats are and what bad stats are, right? So he's got this one kid in his class and he's obsessed with hockey. And, and my son brought his book of hockey cards. Even though my son doesn't like hockey, he has hockey cards. And in there, in every couple pages, he has one of mine or one of his uncle Jeff or what, something like that. Right. So he, uh, he, he said, um, the kid looked at my cards and he said, um, uh, your dad doesn't have any, uh, he has like bad points or he doesn't have any, he only has four goals or something. I can't remember exactly what the kid said to my son and Brody looked at him and said, how many goals does your dad have? And he told me that he got in the car. He said, dad, so-and-so said this in, in the, in the thing. He said, you only had four NHL goals and that wasn't very many. And I said, yeah, I said, well, I said, that's okay. I said, you know what? People are going to say what they say. You know, I said, people can be not realize they're being mean or whatever. I said, did it hurt your feelings? He said, no. He said, I just asked him how many goals his dad had. And I turned, I turned around at the stoplight and I'm like, cause I literally, he said it to me when I picked him up, I said, did you really say that? He said, yeah. Is that okay? I said, no, that's it's not okay. That's amazing. That's, I said, yeah. that's, that's the greatest unintentional chirp. I said, that's amazing. <laughs> and I said, I hope he goes home, the kid and says, and tells Brody what he said to him. Like, I hope he tells his dad, he's like, Brody asked me how many goals you have in the NHL. 
<laughs> Will you fight him, Dad? Will you fight yeah. him? Oh, yeah. You do, Dad. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Awesome. Can you kick his butt, Dad, please? Speaking yeah. of speaking of Brody, did you get him those goalie those goalie pads yet or what? Oh, he wants red ones, right? But he listen. I know I am not. I'm, it's, he wants no, to be a goalie, Collie. He, he wants. wants he he's got a goalie coach right here. He wants. He wants goalie equipment, but he. I don't know what he. I don't know what his intentions are with them because he doesn't want to play hockey, but he wants the goalie gear. So always go yeah. used at that age. Oh, always go. Oh my used. God! You go used until someone else pays for them. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. I wore hand-me-down gear until I got to the OHL. Hey, so did I. I mean, you know, I mean, until my feet got too big, uh, I wore all my brother's stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, all brother, these kids. My brother played at Quinnipiac, so like I got his hand-me-down <sighs> shit. And all these yeah, kids getting all this new gear and the price of it, I just think, oh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I did just fine on the hand-me-downs. But right I bought my first pair of skates since retiring because I, I do, I'm on the ice five, six, seven hours a day. So, you know, I, the boys in front row hooked me up, but still dropping $400 on a pair of skates after, you know, you'd have Bauer Christmas, you know, during training camp and for so long. And it's just like, fuck, that hurt. That hurt the old wallet. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, no God. kidding. No kidding. My, my, my dad, my dad the ones at 400 I'll tell you what, this, these pads right here, they were the heaviest fucking pads I've ever owned in my life. I would say both of my pads together weigh as much as one of these pads did um and my dad would never buy a set all together he was always like when you needed them right these are the first brand new pads i ever had and i was like hash a guy and hash wore these pads but like these guys right here dude oh, the old TPS. Are they, oh louisville louisville tps i had the the unmatching on the red and black blocker and glove and the blue and white pad i'm i, I miss give a shit. i miss louisville gear I miss it. They had great gloves. I liked their sticks. They had the the metal yeah. shafts back in Best the day. Best glove I ever had. Best yeah. glove I ever had. Was, yeah. uh, Louisville TPS. Illegal today with the size it was, but un unbelievable glove. 100, hey, 100%. Dwayne, just because you give me a hard time here, I'll one-up you with this Fuck fucking off, you piece mullet. of shit. Oh, oh. oh. my, oh my God. Show you my hockey card. It's, cool. it's sweet. You look like a convicted felon in that picture. I know. I know. <laughs> I showed my daughters. They're like, "Daddy, why aren't you in jail?" Yeah. He, showed, oh, he, he showed up to a, a re, well, reading reading the the school children. Uh, well, the, hey, get it right. It's with called Holly's Kids Charity. And you showed up. You showed up with that mullet to read a bunch of school children. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, Katie, I swear to God, they they almost they're like uh, they almost like get code orange, code orange. Like, no, 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 no. I'm here from the spits. I'm here to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> what uh? So, but yeah. like like you said, you're gonna mention the the transition to the pod. You know, uh, what has that been like for you? And I, one of the things you said on the show too, and I 100% agree. You just said you didn't retire from hockey; you quit hockey. But you feel much happier now doing what you've been doing after hockey. And listening to you and Riv on the show, even on the instigators before then, like I feel like this is what you were born to do. Honest to God, man, uh, I, I love it. I love every I, second of it. I I appreciate it. Um. It, you know what it was you know what you know what uh it was hard it was hard we built that show from nothing and uh you know I, I i think you know making the decision to leave was not easy um we loved what we did we loved who we worked with um but i i i love doing this i i i love it um i actually you know i i don't 
credit myself very often, if ever. I'm actually very uh, self-deprecating. But I actually, I think I've grown to be decent at it. And, you know, there's, when you enjoy doing something and you love doing something, it, I think it always kind of comes off that way. So, um, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, uh, I never knew in a million years I'd be doing this, um, or broadcasting of any kind, but, uh, I love it. I love it. And, um, I, 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 I've loved what my path after hockey has been, you know, it's, it's, I think a lot of guys struggle with it and I definitely struggled with it. Um, I got a call one day to go and start doing a local cable TV show one day a week, the enforcers with Rob Ray and Ruben Brown. And, um, from there it, it, uh, you know, went into co-hosting two days a week on hockey hotline to developing into, uh, a host and hosting my own show. And, and, um, you know, I, I, the idea, the, 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 uh, the idea to leave was, was just, um, you know, sometimes, you know, things occur, uh, transpire that are out of your control. Uh, but maybe you're not so happy with how things are handled. And I think, uh, you know, principle, um, comes into play and, um, simple as that. I mean, it was a, it was a move based on principle, um, and it, we, we have not looked back ever since. When you guys were bumped out of your spot for whatever the fuck the show was called, I don't even listen to it, but, um, well, we, yeah, we went from 10 to noon and then they, they, from noon to one and it was a blind side. It was a blind side. And, and I understand business. I understand that things change. I understand all that, but I also, I also have always tried to be as honest and upfront. And I, I guess that's all we kind of wanted in the same respect. And it, it just didn't occur that way. I respect sale, you know, a hell of a lot. You know, he's a good guy. I've, I've seen him out a few times. He took up him and Eric Wood once we were nice enough to take a picture with me and a few friends when we were on a road trip for a bills uh, Cleveland game. And, you know, listen, like the hockey content in Buffalo from that station is up through the roof or not. I'm sorry, football content, but you know, this is still a hockey city. Uh, we still love our hockey team. We love, you know, you can see it in the playoff ratings every year. Our team hasn't been to the playoffs in 10 years, 10, 11 years. And we're still in the top three almost every single year. And to sit there and take two guys who, in my opinion, in terms of talking hockey, were the best we've had in a very long time and bump them to an hour, you know, with, out of nowhere, the way you did it, the way they did it. And just, that was just disrespectful. And they, they sit there and say, oh, we'll talk about hockey. They don't talk about hockey. No, talk about football. No, they talk about is football, and you get an hour of hockey talk from you know yeah. the new, new instigator show. It's a joke. Yeah. And, and well, the- no, I I appreciate the support. I you know I I look. I mean, you know we've we've never badmouthed anybody. We we left with our heads held high. We built a great right, thing, right. and um, you know we we are proud of what we're building now. I mean, we 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 wow. knew that if we could. If two guys that literally had no idea what they were doing could uh, grow a, a, a TV radio show to number 17 in the country in its time slot, that we were we were confident that we'd be able to maybe execute doing our own podcast. And, and um, you know, we're we're there. We, we've exceeded our expectations this early and we're just looking to looking to continue. We're having a lot of fun with it. So I, I, I do appreciate the acknowledgement of it and 
and uh, your your ongoing support that uh, you've shown since we have made the yeah. switch. So, you know, we don't take calls, so we can't call in and get. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want me to call? Want me to call in and just lie about it? That was that was uh, up. Oh my god! But I just want to say that I went out the right way, though. Unlike Antonio Brown today, who oh my god, he tweeted he's tweeted three times since, and they're the most ominous tweets in the world. One is him just with with his headphones on, walking and dressed nothing but black. Uh, hold on. And the other ones were on, I think, on on Instagram. But another one is him essentially saying "Big Mad, it's been fun," and him dropping a football or something like that. It's like, dude, like, and that. But here's the thing: we talked about it. Earlier. There is a guy who I truly believe is dealing with CTE in real life. Well, he's dealing with something. Yeah, he's uh, dealing with something. And you know what? Here's here's the thing. Here's what I'll say about that: is that. Maybe he's going to be done in the NFL. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But what I would say is that I would love to see the NFL try to help this guy. He may not want help, but you should try to help this guy because clearly um, something has happened to him. And I don't know if he was always like that or if it's gotten worse. But, you know, don't don't hang these players out to dry. Help him. I, I don't care if he's embarrassed your league, embarrassed your team embarrassed himself, help him because clearly he needs help. I think he hasn't been the same guy since Vontez Perfect hit him in the open field. It was a really dirty hit to the head. Yeah, and well, it was one of the most devastating hits I've, I think I've ever seen in football. Really? I think very, I think very, I, if I were to compare it to, to hockey, Stevens on Korea. That's how oh, bad it wow. is. How bad the, that um, fucking, um, uh, the guy that got punched from behind. Travis Moore. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi, yeah, Moore, yeah. just the way that Moore's is, 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 is like John. Was it Travis Moore? I think I have the wrong uh, Derek Moore, Derek Moore, maybe. Derek Moore. I don't Derek know where Moore, I'm getting yeah. Travis Moore from. I, I remember the perfect hit, Dwayne, and, and and you're right, he was always a bit of a diva, but after that, he was never uh, the same there, guy. There's Crazy. something, and and this is coming from somebody like I'm sure, Petey, you've dealt with it too. Like, I, I see John Letty at UB Neuro twice a year. Um, to do to deal with my post concussion stuff, uh, and I only had like sixteen, um, and I'm sure that that's that's only sixteen. You say only sixteen? Uh, yeah, but you're Jeez. fucking fighting the NHL. I'm sure you got more than me, but I'm just saying, like I well documented, you, no, but undocumented probably, but yeah, still like, sixteen, you, only you sixteen. <laughs> you're like I only had sixteen. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's you. You say it like you're you're. You're crushing beers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I um, I I had like after my career was over, I was lucky to to land right into uh, you know, they pay for your school. I went to Fredonia. I was able to jump right in the coaching staff, and I noticed it. I would get to a line at the end of a book, at the end of a page. I just couldn't like I couldn't read, and I yeah. was always a really good reader. Like I had my own fucking charity based on literacy, and I knew something was up and. And they caught it early enough, and it was a lot to do with my vestibular system, a lot like with Crosby, and and, and they found a, a problem in my neck and my spinal column uh, or my spinal cord, and um, they were able to take care of it. But it's still something that I have to get checked out twice a year, and it's a very serious thing. Yeah. Um, who knows what I'll deal with later in life. Um, 
I have a father that's battling Parkinson's valiantly and, um, you know, a couple clicks to Papa Tom because he does a great job, not only with that, but he's such an awesome grandfather. Um, It's, it's really cool to see. I'm sure you see some of that PD with, with, with your parents and the kids. And it's just, it's fun to see my parents contribute as grandparents. I only knew one of my grandmothers, uh, everybody else had passed away, but to have my parents and her parents, uh, be a part of the, the, the girls' lives is a lot of fun. That's important. Grandparents are important. I, I'll, I'll end on this, that you say that. I think one of the coolest things um, since, you know, having a child, one of the coolest things to witness is how, watching my parents interact with my little guy when he was a baby all the way up because I was too young to remember those moments, you know, to see my dad on the floor giggling and laughing and holding, you know, a baby. And I'd never seen my dad like that. So, you know, to, to, to see your parents uh, engage with uh, your children is, it's a beautiful thing. And, and uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad he's, he's able to do that, but I'm sorry that you're dealing with the uh, Parkinson's. That's, yeah, that's no, not... I appreciate it. He and, and I'll pass it along. He's a, cool he's, guy too. He's, he's, an, um, he's a great A human being. I love yeah. Tom. Parkinson's I, uh, is tough. Parkinson's is tough. He's I, uh, uh, he's a warrior. He'll get through it. But I appreciate the kind words. Um, yeah. I, I I just want to come out and say really appreciate you coming on to join us. Somebody that uh, you know I've looked up to in a long time, not only uh, as a player but what you've done in in, in the sports media world. Thank um, you nothing but the best to you and Craig and your new endeavor. Thank you. Um, I I've had a lot of fun listening into the, the first few and, and it's, it's going to be great to see it take off. Like you said, you guys were able to build something uh, in the top 20 at, at that time slot. And you will have like the sky's the limit, man. Uh, you, thank you. you. We're built to do this and, and it's going to be really fun to see where you guys take it. And uh would love to have you back on. I'm sure Dwayne's already, already rang that off. Yeah. We can, but, uh, Any, anytime guys. And yeah. you know, what's funny is, is I, uh, we say that to people when we interview them, we're like, Oh, we'd love to have you back. And they're like, anytime. And you always wonder if they're sincere okay. and genuine about it, but I, I mean it anytime I'm happy yeah. to come on anytime you guys need a guest. And I had a lot of fun today. So thank you for right. Dave, Dwayne. We never got to talk winter classic, but we can do that next time. Oh, absolutely. Dude. I, I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on the winter classic this year. And the one, the very first one you played in i do have three fan quick fan questions one sure, of the, sure. quick um yeah. is there ever a point where you and rivs ever actually genuinely want want to go at each other because it seems that sometimes the jabs you take at each other and get real sometimes uh there was there was a moment not long ago where i thought if he was in the same room as i was either he would have suckered me or i would have suckered him <laughs> and we weren't even on the air we weren't even on the air. It was, it was, I was just kind of like, it, 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 it's hilarious. It gets heated, but then we laugh. You know what I mean? Oh, it's man. like, cause I'm never going to back down and he's never going to back down in this verbal well, and, you know, so you, yeah, I mean, it's as, uh, no, would we ever come to blows? No. Have we, have we ever, have I ever wanted to knock him out on a daily basis? Nice. <laughs> Great answer. You, uh, that was from Matt Muzek. Uh, I hope buddy, I hope I'm not butchering your fucking name. Uh, you butchered it for sure. Patrick, uh, good, good guys, a consistent list of the program. Love it. Uh, Patrick Bailey, what is your favorite hockey movie player and what extras would you add to your poutine? Oh, poutine doesn't need anything. It's okay. just, it's Reading just fries, good fries, 
cheese, curds, and the gravy. I agree. It doesn't need anything. Um, I've I've had poutine in Montreal where they throw the sausage and the meatball and the peppers on it. Unnecessary. Um, and my favorite hockey movie character. Mm-hmm. My favorite hockey movie character. Uh, Carl Rackey. Yeah, that's a great, great question. Not Wait, Dwayne, what? I have a quick sub su- uh, sublet on that. Who? What Let's was go, pretty boy. You want to go? Let's go, pretty boy. <laughs> Who, what was the name of uh, Chief Swamp? Is it Chief Swamp Scott, the guy from Slapshot? Uh, I don't know. I, I I know who you're talking about. The chief that comes out at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's Carl funny. Rocky from uh, Young Blood. Because you know what, hey, Tim Connolly. Nathan Pace and I, during the 06, 07 playoffs, we, we were growing our beards and we went and got jet black and I had longer hair and I was skating around with my old CCM bucket in practice. And Timmy, Timmy Connolly, who's a super funny guy, he skates by, he goes, Petey looks like Carl Rackey, Carl Rackey <laughs> from Youngblood, from Thunder, from the Thunder Bay, whatever they were. He knew everything. He's like, Carl Rackey. So they were calling me Carl Rackey. That's so Carl Rackey. I can see it. I can see it. Too. <laughs> I, uh, Fuck yeah. I, I, I one of the most underrated hockey movies of all time, and I really don't think it ever gets the respect it deserves. Is always Mystery Alaska for me. I yeah. fucking love, I love that movie. The, lead, the leading scorer is a grocery clerk. <laughs> <laughs> the, like like when 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 he goes when when uh, Skank Martin Martin goes to the the mayor's house after the the, the cat's out of the bag, and he goes. He goes, I play hockey at Fortnite because it's the two most fun things to do when it's cold. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's, is this, is, isn't he the grocery guy? He's the grocery no, store grocery guy. guy is the guy who got, who we got pinched for shooting the, the guy from Price World. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know this, Thanks. you know I it really well. Dwayne lived, this is his go to. That's movie. funny. Maybe we actually see him skate the river. That's funny. That's <laughs> or, funny. Or, or when Steve, or, or when he gets knocked out in, Pratt in his first game. And they and and the doctor is doing the little eye thing. He goes, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, Bernie. Couldn't even get the condom on. It was your sister's breasts. They're Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knocks him out. Knocks him clean out. And doctor's like, well, he's out again. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. That was, was actually a, that was actually a, a really good movie. Oh, I love that. Underrated movie so for much. sure. All right. Question number three. What do we got, Dwayne? Um, actually, from my old man. Um, it's not really a question. It's a request. Um, maybe you can elaborate on it, but I, he'd kill me if I didn't ask. Uh, it'd be nice of him and Barnaby. I don't know why Barnaby could do a training course for players, how to defend themselves if they get in a fight because none of them seem to know what the fuck they're doing. No, you know what? Listen, it's, uh, it's true. I mean, there's not much fighting anymore anyway, but, but yeah, there, I think every kid should learn how to at least defend themselves, grapple, hold on. Um, but yeah, well, no, I mean, I mean, if, listen, if you're just trying to survive, just don't throw any, (laughs) just, just hold on. But no, your dad's right though. I mean, I think, I think if, as long as fighting's in the game and now guys like me are more removed, I think everybody should, should have some, some lessons in, uh, in how to fight. I, I, you know, simple as that, even, you know, I don't care what level it is. Cause if there's fighting allowed, you should definitely be ready. I, I, I actually couldn't agree with you more. Um, and then the last question was from Ty B wants to know, is there, like you mentioned earlier, when you're looking at the schedule, hoping guys are scratched, is there a guy throughout your career whose name you saw on, you know, the, on the, the roster for that day that you, 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 you really tensed up a little bit. You, you knew you were probably going to square up with him. George LaRock. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Matt Johnson, uh, Wade Belak, Ty Domi. Those guys are the ones at the top of the list. Yeah, you never played against Bobby Probert, right? No, I got the chance to, 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 I was close friends with his daughter, Brogan. I did, uh, Bob Probert, uh, I got the poster right up here, the Bob Probert Memorial Ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, met met Tony Amonti. Guy was buckled that night. I uh, Dougie Gilmore was my coach, and uh, and we you know we were doing the the day before party, night before party. And I see I see Coach. I'm like, hey, Coach. He's like, Coley, uh, Tony Amonti. I'm like, hey, Tony, big fan. I remember you in NHL '97. He's like, fucking <laughs> wrap it up twice, kid. <laughs> 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 and sure enough, I have two kids, and I'm a single father. Uh, ten years later, so sorry I didn't listen to your advice, Mr. Amati. But um, God, what a, fucking, what a Bobby Probert to fucking here's the Bobby Probert. Yeah, right? I watched his documentary, and that's yeah. sad. That was sad. Yeah, was I remember. Really I remember completely unrelated, but uh, when I interned for '97 Rock, uh, they did the Jim Kelly celebrity golf event. And, you know, I, you know, I got to play, play catch with Dan Marino was real cool, whatever. But the only person I wanted to meet there was Shooter McGavin was there because uh, Chris McDonald and Kelly, they're all, they're all really tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy, and you know, my, my boss knew I really wanted to meet him. And he, he grabs him. He pulls up, swerving it on his golf cart. The guy's loaded, absolutely <laughs> cooked. And it's like 11 in the morning. <laughs> like, like, <I've>, <laughs> like, this is. Sounds about right for that tournament weekend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um. He goes, shooter, shooter. You know, this is Dwayne. You know, this is one of my best interns. He wants to meet you. Yada, yada, yada. He goes, he grabs me by the shoulder. He's wearing a giant green popat, green beads, and this, like, and it's like 80 degrees out wearing this, like, pope, like, attire. I don't know why, but he was. And he he starts, like, just speaking absolute gibberish to me. Just straight up gibberish. Like, I didn't understand a fucking word of it. And at the end, he goes, I got one last thing to say to you. Fucking respect, man. Always respect. I'll be right back. Gets back in the golf cart. Literally takes off, knocks somebody over, and he's gone. Nobody saw him the rest of the day. Fucking guys in the woods somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They know how to get after it. They know how those guys, they got after it at that tournament. I I never went to the golf, but I I went to the, I had been to uh, the event the night before, and I can just tell you it, it, uh, I met Mr. Belding. (laughs) Dennis Haskins, Mr. Belding one night. What's that? Was that from Saved by the Bell? Yeah, that's right. He was from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. There were a lot of characters there. Yeah, they they, yeah, they they wheeled in a lot of VIPs for that tournament. Oh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, guys. I I uh, I appreciate you having me on. And and again, like I said to you, I'm I'm sincere when I when I say it. I'm happy to come back anytime. Remember when I said this would be an hour? That's well. Cool. That's when you no, but you know what? That's when you know. That's when you know you're yeah. having a good time. When when it I, uh, you know goes longer than you than you think. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate it. Absolutely, one. Really, really appreciate it. I'm Johnny Cullen for Dwayne Steinell. We'll see you next week, folks. Petey again. Good luck with the new endeavor. Um, we'll Thank be you. following along. We'll be supporting and uh, happy New Year's, everybody. Stay safe. Happy New Year's. Hey, real quick, real quick, couple of clicks though for John Madden and Betty White. Don't want oh, John yeah. Madden and Betty White. Betty White. Yeah, absolutely. I'll favorite, get in on that. Favorite, favorite thing I ever heard Betty White ever say. I tweeted it out, and I watched. I watched the movie. The uh, you know, the day she died, um, from the movie uh, Lake Placid. 
a crocodile. Oh yeah. Yeah, she. They uh, they they find they find out that she's been fucking feeding this crocodile her cows and her horses or whatever, and the and the cop goes, "You didn't buy half because they they knew her husband was dead." He goes, "You didn't have any chance to uh, lead your husband down to Lake Blindfold." And she goes, "If this is if I had a dick, this is where I tell you to suck it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't believe like, but the thing is, anything it's the most vile thing she can say the most vile thing, but it's fucking adorable because Betty White. Yeah, that it's it's amazing. the The older they get, the more acceptable it is to be uh, uh, crude and rude, eh? Oh my god, man! I love she, it. She, she 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 swore a lot in that movie for for her parts. Uh, she called him Officer Fuck Meat. <laughs> I don't. I see. I don't think. I, I think I probably saw that movie one time, uh-huh. and I don't think that was a repeat. That was not one you saw twice. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I don't I, know how you saw it twice. You must I have been know. into that one. I, I just remember the line because I remember first time I laughed my fucking ass off. I'm like, did Betty White really just say that? Did you like, watch Wag the Dog the other day? No, actually, I was going to say I'm going to watch that tonight before my hockey game. Wag I, the uh, Dog. I, I can't wait. I, I had, I, Cully, I have that movie on like pre, pre-owned DVD from like fucking 2005 or 2006. Right it Blockbuster. It might have come out. It might have come out earlier than that. I bet you yeah. it came out late 90s. Yeah, I. It, it's, I it's bet you it came shit. out late 90s. Holy shit. But uh, you know that again. Uh, I'll I'll give my recap. Like it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. But uh, next time we have you on, we'll talk about it. I look forward to it. Piggyback off that video you posted too, because that's something. Uh, that you oh, yeah. talk about thick skin on Twitter. Holy oh, smokes! Dude, I had them. some of the gremlins. Dude, fuck them! Like some... it's, it's like it's true though. It's true. Like the, the social media is the most uh, used. It's a cesspool. It's yeah. a cesspool. No, it's not. But the thing is, we like. We look at our phones and social media more often than we do watch the news on TV. So any most of our news is coming from our phones. It is not on anybody's timelines. It's not being talked about. I don't care. I just want the names. I think a lot of people yeah. misinterpreted what I was trying to say. I just yeah. want the names of the people that are involved. Who are culpable. I didn't want it televised. I didn't want that. Yeah. I just I want the names that were blocked out from the files. And someone said, someone said, hopefully it's because they'll use them in future indictments. So let's just hope that's the case. I hope so too. So, cheers, but, uh, fellas. Cheers, fellas. Happy New Year. I got to get I gotta get rolling. Yep, yep, Sweet, yep. Baby, you're the man. Sweet dreams, boys. You. Sweet All dreams. Right. All right. 81 in the books. Dwayne, been a hell of a show. Uh, I, uh, I just want to let everybody know that my absences were brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. I had my own Roberto Luongo game, and I'd like to think I battled through it for an hour and 54 minutes. Got even though I was absent for 20 of those. I uh, apologize about that, but, uh, you know, just trying to fight through it. Uh, computer's about to die. What, a, what an episode, Dwayne. Happy New favorite. Year. I will see you soon, my friend. Absolutely, man. Uh, this has been episode 81 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Signing off. We'll see you later. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike here to remind you that after you get done listening to the episode, which I hope you loved it and I hope you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you are using Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and of course, write us a review. It goes a long way in getting us noticed and getting us some kind of recognition in this world of podcasting. It goes such a long way. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, at two goalies, one Mike, hammer that subscribe button, leave us some comments, show us some love with some likes. Again, it goes a long way and we really appreciate your love and support to those of you who have been with us since episode one. 
Thanks for sticking with us for this long. For those of you who are jumping on the bandwagon right now, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We have a season of guests that are going to blow you away. Uh, this year for hockey is going to be big with them going to ESPN, TNT, Gretzky and Barkley. It's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we are going to have so much to talk about this year. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.